the drive. The drive with Paul Swan. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill. Welcome, and it's the drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Coming up this hour, we're going to hear from CJ Harvey from Channel 8. We're going to talk about the green white scrimmage that took place this Saturday. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls as well. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Also, you can be a part of the program by texting 304-399-8255. So why are we here at the Union Pump and Grill? Every Monday we're here. And, of course, it's Monday night. That means $1.50 bottles. you got $2 call shots all day, all night. So come on in to the Union Pub and Grill to take advantage of those specials. So uh, we're going to hear from Doc Holliday in a few minutes. we got some player reaction from earlier this weekend. The green-white scrimmage, of course, it's finally over. That means now Marshall's coaching staff, for the most part, on the road trying to recruit and do other things. It never stops. But uh, it was an interesting day. The fountain ceremony. Now, Reggie Oliver was the keynote speaker for the fountain ceremony. This is the ceremony to turn the fountain on. And I debated playing this for you today, but we don't have 47 minutes to give to this thing. And Reggie was in a, a nice white suit. Just He was in a good, good frame of mind. Uh, talking about uh, a lot of things as far as they were the freshman entertainment. That's a great story there. And I'm going to post this audio somewhere later on. I'll try to get this posted somewhere for you uh, if you haven't heard it. But uh, even talks about Don Nealon making fun of the AstroTurf at Fairfield Stadium and how they beat his team back in 71, the Young Thundering Herd. So, Really, it was a it was a great day for herd fans. If uh, you're a fan of uh, Reggie Oliver and you love hearing his stories, he gave you everything you possibly could want and then some. But the game itself, now again, scrimmage. This is just a practice. Whatever happened on Saturday doesn't mean this is going to be the end result come start of season. Keep that in mind. And it's a format basically that it's not a game. If it was, say, televised like it was, uh, you know, like games were across the country, it might follow more of a game format, but not necessarily a game format here. So we caught up with Doc Holliday afterwards. Just give you his thoughts on what he felt um, he got out of this. So here's Doc Holliday from Saturday after the game was over. Isaiah threw some nice balls. He did. The yeah. whole, whole game, pretty much. Very consistent. You know, things seems like the game slows down for him, which is good. And, uh, you know, that's good at the quarterback position. So, you know, those guys both have done some good things this spring. So, we'll add Alex to the mix here in a couple of weeks, and there'll be some good competition here in the fall. I know that offensively uh, they, they had had a pretty good couple-week run whenever you all went into the live periods. But it seemed like the defense sort of took that on the chin and, and came back with a strong day today as well. Well, there's no, I thought, you know, I thought the effort was tremendous. You know, spring games are changing around the country. I talked to Coach Meyer at, at Ohio State. They thudded their spring game. I talked to Boston College. Uh, Jackson White's dad's a coach at Boston College. They thudded their spring scrimmage too because of roster numbers and trying to get the you know manager roster getting into fall camp. So it's changed a little bit. But I liked our format today. I thought the guys got to run around a little bit and some young players got to play. Xavier showed some good uh, skill out there too. 
they have they have for the most part this spring all four of those guys a lot of them they bring a lot of different things to the table and uh, they're all four going to be good players for us. Gaines seemed to be moving pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's he's, he's made uh, tremendous strides this spring and uh, learning the position. Todd's done a nice job with him and you know he's he's a guy that's given us some of the same kind of guys we've had here in the past with the Gator you know Gator Hoskins and Fronopoulos and Urichek and some athletic guys out there in space Xavier uh, brings that kind of athleticism to the table a lot of people think yeah overall you know critical thing was I want to get out of here and uh, these guys come back here in two weeks ready to go and they're all healthy that was a good thing so I think we got out here for the most part healthy which is which was one of the goals and uh, come back and get ready for that third phase which is the summer conditioning and uh, got to go back to work a lot of people think that uh, you know this is the end of it for for a couple months but you all hit the road basically tomorrow don't you coaches are all gone to well yeah they'll all hit the road tomorrow and get get in place to where recruiting starts so about a four-week recruiting period the kids will actually uh, you know, once they finish up finals this coming week and intercession classes and that type of thing, then they'll have a couple of weeks to kind of catch your breath a little bit before we get into that next stretch, which of course is our summer workouts. All right, that was Doc Holliday. Uh, I tell you what, we're going to do. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come back, and uh, joining us on the program will be C.J. Harvey from Channel 8. We'll get his thoughts about what happened at the Green-White scrimmage. Also, later on, we'll take your phone calls. We're live at the Union Pub and Grill today where it's $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're at 1125 Fourth Avenue in Huntington, the Union Pub and Grill. Don't forget, it's Monday. That means $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots all day, all night here at the Union Pub and Grill. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. And it, it's time for him to make his um, radio debut from Channel 8. He, um, he was there at the Green-White scrimmage. And, of course, he's been at practice all season long. It's C.J. Harvey joining us now on the program. This is like your first appearance on this show, isn't it, C.J.? Yeah, definitely, Paul, and uh, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, it's love listening to what you do, and, uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, finally including me on your, your guest list here. I like that. Yeah, you start the program, you're, you're complimentary of the host. I like that. This, this is, <laughs> is going to be good. Yeah. I like that. Mark <laughs> Martin has taught you well. Yeah, well, well, Mark is absolutely two of the, the, the best guys in, in the sports biz, and yeah, they have definitely taught me some manners, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I like it. So, um, let's get down to business here. Um, Saturday was the green-white scrimmage, uh, not your traditional game format. Instead, it was more of a pseudo-game. Still, we had a lot of good things happen for the Thundering Herd. What's your overall impression of what you saw from the scrimmage in just in practice in general the entire time it was going on? Uh, you know, and I thought the, the, the setup of the scrimmage was actually kind of cool, kind of the way Josh Lewis had put it, uh, kind of like a glorified practice almost, right? You're, you're kind of, you're just kind of inviting people in and selling some stuff in the stands almost. And But I, I kind of like the overall scheme. It gave gave coaches and kids, you know, time to, uh, to go at it full speed and then kind of take a step back, do some individual drills, and kind of think about what they just done on the field. So I kind of like the setup um, with the way that they've done it. But, you know, the big question 
obviously this offseason is, is going to be who's filling that quarterback position, uh, you know, post Chase Litton. And so far you, you've got three kids on campus. Of course, we know that there's a fourth making, uh, you know, on his way. But from what I've seen, you know, the three guys have, have really competed all offseason. And, uh, you know, credit goes to Isaiah Green. It, it, he really delivered some nice balls on his first pass attempt in the game yesterday. He goes for a long touchdown to Marcel Williams. So, you know, you, you like what you see out of him. And uh, and the coaching staff had said it afterwards. You know, any any kind of competition uh, is good come spring and especially in the You know, I, my overall takeaway was that uh, these kids are not worried about, uh, you know, losing their, their quarterback. You, there are plenty of uh, skilled guys around the ball to make plenty of big plays down the field. And as long as you can get a, a, a good gunslinger there, I think this offense is really just going to pick up where it left off, even with, you know, the new offensive coordinator. Now, with the new offensive coordinator, everybody's job is not necessarily set. I think that's uh, the one takeaway for me is that there's an opportunity for everyone to be able to come in and prove themselves. But at the same time, this quarterback position, it's not set as well. You saw some good things out there, but nothing is truly set. We just got to see version one of what this Thundering Herd squad looks like, and we'll see version two later on. So there might be some guys that had great days we might not see again come fall. Yeah, and well put. And, you know, there's no reason, there's no – there's no reason to believe that what we saw on, on Saturday was going to be, by any means, anything close to the final product. You know, Cramsey's not pulling all of his tricks out of the hat quite yet. You didn't even see the Tyree Brady's, the Keon Davis's, Tyler, uh, you know, Tyler King's even get out there yet. So, um, you know, nothing is set in stone, like you said. Um, and everybody's going to have to kind of like, you know, everybody's kind of filling out an application again almost, right? You, you know, yeah, I was uh, the running back last year, but... That doesn't mean that Tyler King is going to be getting the majority of the snaps this year. You know, Keon Davis clearly wants, you know, a, a, a big role in this too. So, uh, you know, that's just one position in particular. But across the board, this the names are there. The talent is there, no doubt. It's just a matter of kind of buying into what Cramsey's selling, hopefully. And, you know, it's not like it's a brand-new coaching staff by any means. So, you know, nobody's position is set, but uh, the – the head man himself, Doc Holliday, is going to have a big say in that, too. So, you know, regardless of, of a new playbook, per se, uh, you know, a bunch of these guys are still going to be doing the, the big things that they that we saw and kind of got accustomed to last year at the end of the season. But definitely, no doubt, uh, you know, it's a, a brand new process of trying to impress another guy. You know, now you got to impress uh, the new offensive coordinator, and that, that kind of... That's a big part into this, of, uh, you know, sealing back the spot that you played last year. Did you get any feeling, I know it's a conservative playbook compared to what we'll see in the fall, but did you get any feeling that this is going to be a little bit more wide-open offense? I know that's been a big criticism from fans over the past few years, that this playbook isn't wide open, it isn't really offense-minded, it was very conservative. What were your feelings going through practice and then this green-white scrimmage on that playbook, or at least the mentality of this offensive uh, set that they're trying to put together? Yeah, definitely. I think that, like you said, that has been uh, something that the fans have kind of wanted the past couple of years. And, you know, the idea of a wide-open offense 
And uh, I will say this about Coach Cramsey: you've seen he's been all he's been to a couple different places, and he played at New Hampshire, and that's where his real first coaching uh, tenure started was at New Hampshire. Well, of course he gets he plays there, and he goes up there, and uh, you know he gets up there and meets a coach by the name of Chip Kelly. And so he kind of, you know, four years goes by. He kind of goes off into the workforce, not really thinking about coaching. And then he kind of comes back. And after a year or two, finds his way back up to New Hampshire. And now he's coaching underneath offensive coordinator, now offensive coordinator Chip Kelly. So that's kind of where Cramsey's, you know, start of his career really picks up is under uh, Chip Kelly. Now, (laughs) Chip Kelly's offense, and if you ask anybody, you know, he's got quite the coaching tree. And, people will tell you, yeah, that's quite the wide-open offense. And so hopefully Cramsey has kind of taken that same philosophy. That's kind of what he told us after after the game is, you know, it's not necessarily the same playbook. He's trying to bring – it's it's what he really took away from uh, the Chip Kelly kind of coaches is it's, it's a philosophy. You know, it's about getting guys in the right spot at the right time. And, you know, that's – and even Doc Holliday said it. That's kind of one of the reasons Cramsey – is now at Marshall. He saw on tape what some of these guys can do. And, you know, Cramsey's clearly very motivated and very excited to try and get some of these guys in, in those big spots down the field. So, you know, I really do think that you'll see a wide-open, expanded offense on the field, you know, really putting some balls deep and trying to just let you guys, uh, Tyree Brady's go up for it. The OBOBLO's trying to go up for it. So, you know, you know, big question, will they all be able to pick it up? Will he be able to... Uh, you know, sell that playbook from year one and have everybody pick right up uh, from where they were and where he was at Sam Houston State where he was putting up extraordinary explosive numbers. Well, that's to be seen. But on paper and from what I've seen in the offseason through spring and obviously in the spring game, hey, man, you know, the first play in in the scrimmage was, you know, a bomb down the sideline to to Marcel Williams. So, you know, the, the opportunity is there. I think the mindset is there. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons Cramsey is here is to help build that explosion and, uh, you know, like you said, widen up the offense. I think he will do that. C.J. Harvey, our guest from Channel 8. So, C.J., you've seen practice. You're at the green-white scrimmage. In your mind over these last few weeks and even the game on Saturday, who won the spring for you? You know, (laughs) that's that's a tough question. That's yeah. That's something I haven't even really thought about. I you know I don't think it was necessarily who who won the spring. It was just how well did you do? How much better did you get in the spring? I guess um, you know everybody wants to talk about uh, you know the defense from last year really kind of held that team together down the stretch, and maybe it's the offense hopefully holding you know kind of keeping the wheel moving this year. But, uh, you know, from what I've seen, I think it, it just proves that there is some competition in the quarterback spot. I don't think that this is a wide – everybody wants to talk about this Alex Thompson kid. I no credit away from him. I haven't seen him play. But you've, you've heard the, the coaches talk about him and rave about him. But I don't think this is – you know, it's not sold. I think who won were the, the quarterbacks. I think that they kind of won in the sense that they are going to force some competition come fall camp. And I think that is clearly, you know, what is the big the big takeaway is that, uh, you know, this is not uh, set. Nothing is set in stone, kind of like you said, but there is going to be some competition 
come week one of fall camp and on the offensive side, and I think that's good. And, um, you know, I think that can only make them better. And on the defensive side, you know, we talked to Chase Hancock for a few minutes there after the game, and he was saying, yeah, this is kind of, you know, the defense played so well last year, but this is kind of uh, keeping us awake and keeping us on our feet because this is a new offense, new system. You know, we've got to kind of adapt to what they're doing in, in a different way, and it's only making us better. So I think with a new offense, it's only testing um, a strong, already strong defense. And, you know, a new offense is obviously kind of keeping some of the offensive guys on their toes, knowing that uh, some of those jobs are open for anybody. And uh, it's just a matter of time of uh, getting through the summer and, and getting to the fall camp finally. C.J. Harvey, our guest from WCHS TV 8. So if you really can't put your hands on, all right, who won the spring, where were there maybe deficiencies or what did, where would you say, all right, there's some things here that really need to improve between now and the first game. Can you put your finger on any of that? Yeah, you know, I didn't think we saw anything – in the spring game, nobody really busted off any, you know, major running plays. Uh, obviously, you didn't see the Keons, uh, you know, Keon and Tyler King in there. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the maybe the piece that needs to make sure that is going, you know, in, in some of these offenses like, uh, you know, the Chip Kellys and the Dana Holgersons, you know, the air raids and the high-flying potent offenses. Uh you know, you see the guns blazing down the field, but what really keeps them moving is when you can open the run game. And I think that's kind of what I've picked out from this this time of maybe something that uh, not isn't there, but something that they need to make sure is present and very active. Is you know, you got to make sure that the run game is open. You know, you that offensive line very sturdy, hasn't changed much from a year ago. Same for the running back group, but that is you know what will really put this offense over the top is being able to get those guys very active and, uh, you know, closing the box, tightening the box for the defense and being able to spread out and go deep to Tyree Brady 50 yards down the field. So if I had to pick out something to keep an eye on that uh, just to make sure that it, uh, the gear is moving, definitely the running back, the running back group. Joining us on the program, CJ Harvey from WTV8. All right, I'm, I'm going to change gears on you a little bit after – the green-white game. We still had a little NFL draft action going on. No one from the Thunder and her drafted, but after it was all said and done, there were a few people who found homes or at least some tryout opportunities with teams, including most notably one Chase Litton, and he found a opportunity with the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll start there. I didn't think he would get drafted. I felt that it came out a little too early, but he still now has the opportunity to make it with an NFL team, and, and that's definitely a step better than a lot of people who came out for the draft and found no home. Yeah, and it's interesting because when you, you're you an undrafted free agent, the thing that kind of plays in your hand is, well, you get to pick where you want to go almost, as long as there are a few teams offering you you know, positions. And so I thought it was pretty interesting that he signed up to go out to Kansas City. Uh, you know, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. And so they, you know, they've moved on from the Alex Smith era and they've gone in kind of to what you would expect is the Patrick Mahomes era. And uh, so I, I thought that was interesting because Chase is going into a situation where you've got the young gun that is supposed to be the, the franchise to be. 
And you've got some older guys in the room that are planning on being the second and third string guys in Chad Henney and Matt McGloin. So, you know, I'm, I thought that was a very interesting, uh, unique setup for Litton to find himself into. But, you know, it, not exactly the easiest roster to crack as a quarterback, I, I, you know, on paper, at least in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, it, you've got some vets there to take away from. And maybe it's good that he's young. You know, you've got a, a young guy in front uh, that has some NFL time, and he can kind of connect to Chase Litton in a different way that some of the older guys in the room can. But And vice versa, some of the older guys can pass along some wisdom to Chase. So you, you hope that he made the right choice, or you hope that going out to Kansas City is the right choice, uh, but still very kind of mind-boggling to me, thinking, well, you're not going to a situation, you're not sitting behind uh, a long-term quarterback uh, that's been there for a while. Uh, but, you know, you're kind of sitting behind a guy that's fresh who's ready to uh, hop at the hop on to the starting spot, hop into the starting spot. So, you know, I thought that was unique and interesting, but uh, best of luck, obviously. You know, you want the herd, uh, the herd alum, well, the herd uh, former players to uh, do as well as possible and promote Marshall in, in the NFL, and hopefully he can do that. You think he would have served himself better by staying at Marshall and instead of just putting himself out there this season, waited a year, built a little bit more resume for him? Or is now is any a good time for a quarterback, especially a Chase Litton? Well, you know, I think originally the idea for him going into the draft, you think about it, there were five really good, five or six really good quarterbacks that were going to be taken very early. You knew that four or, you know, three or four were going to be taken in the first top ten. Then you saw Lamar Jackson go in the first round and Mason Rudolph. But then it was kind of like after Mason Rudolph, kind of just like wide open. You know, you had a bunch of different names from a bunch of different schools, and I think the idea was that, well, you know, between rounds two, you know, to the end of the draft, somebody's got to take some quarterbacks, right? Well, why not? Maybe you chased Litton. And I think that kind of fell apart. I think you saw that kind of fall apart and, kind of fall flat in his face almost like well you know there, there really weren't as many quarterbacks after those guys taken as people might have thought and so you know I think that kind of caught him off guard that not a lot of people went after Mason Rudolph and you know I think you kind of saw it with maybe an ID in Penova too in the sense that well once you start talking to these guys they kind of get you fired up to go and make some money. And I think that might have been Chase Litton's case. I think, you know, you, you get some guys in, in your ear talking to you about, hey, you know, you've got the intangibles, you've got the size, you know, you've played long enough that somebody will give you a shot. It's just a matter of whether you think staying another year in college is going to give you an even better shot. So, in my opinion, Paul, I think Chase, there is no question Chase should have stayed. I think you were looking seeing what could have been right now you know you would have had a new offensive coordinator yes but you probably would not have any quarterback competition coming in it would be Chase's team in year two with Tyree Brady and in year two with Tyler King you know that's what people were excited about post New Mexico Bowl I think more fans were excited about the next season than the ending of last season and one of those major reasons why was Chase Litton he's coming back well not so much you know, I think it was uh, a bit of a disappointment, and you know, to see Chase Litton go, obviously, just for how well things turned out. Uh, but you know, you, you, when the money comes a calling, hey, sometimes you got to chase the dollar signs, right? 
C.J. Harvey, our guest from WCHS-TV 8. A few other guys that at least have landed so far in the short term with teams. And of course, you've got on the special team side. Probably maybe the guy's got the, the toughest job here staying just because the team he's going to go to has really good special teams is Carvedvic. He goes to the Baltimore Ravens. They've got a really good group there, so he's definitely going to earn his way. Also, on the defensive side, you've got defensive end Devon Durant. He, of course, uh, signing with the Washington Redskins. And C.J. Rivas uh, signs with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, yeah, you've got a few guys that at least have landed with teams early, and maybe some more trial opportunities will come for a few more guys, uh, including a Ryan Juracek who's trying to figure out his options right now. But of the guys who were signed and at least made uh, teams for tryout opportunities, who do you think has the best chance of sticking and who maybe has the long shot here of staying with their team that they've they've signed with? You know, in of those guys, all of those guys at the end of the year were really coming on. You saw Durant, the wild scouts at the pro day, off the chart in terms of his athleticism, and he got better and better. You know, 17 tackles and a forced fumble in just the final games, five games of the season last year. So I think he kind of wowed people there at the end. T.J. Revis is going to a team with a stacked group of defensive backs, uh, you know, a defense that really made its way to the AFC Championship a year ago. So you know, both of those, I think, are great positions. But you talk about Corey Vedvik and, you know, like you said, great special teams. And I kind of relate it to a situation that happened a few years ago for one Pat McAfee. Remember, he kind of did – the same thing at WVU. All you know, his final years, he was doing all everything, uh, kicking, punting, and uh, obviously kickoffs. And so, you know, and look at what he did. He kind of went to the Colts, sat behind one of the greatest kickers of all time, Adam Vinatieri, and primarily became the punt specialist. You know, he was that guy from kickoffs. So, you know, I, I would imagine that that is probably the role Vedvik will fall into. Is you know. You put on the tape, hey, he boomed a 92-yard punt. Remember that? <laughs> you know, so I think that kind of still sticks out for some people. So, you know, he's sitting behind a Justin Tucker who's, you know, obviously kicking the field goals. But, you know, I think Vedvik has, you know, can wiggle his way into some the kickoffs and, and punting positions. So, you know, I think he, of everyone taken and found who found a team, I think Vedvik by far has uh, the best shot of being the long-term guy. No doubt about it. As you go through this draft and you look at guys that are still out there, any disappointments, anybody, you're thinking, man, you know, maybe they should have got an option or an opportunity or, you know, it's still too early to tell if there's anybody out there that's really sitting there waiting for that opportunity that's going to get theirs. Well, I thought you saw, you know, of the two needs that you really saw in this draft, I thought uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen and, you know, Marshall had one really, you know, pretty good offensive lineman in Stanley Felix. Stanley Jean Felix there at the end of the year, he was really, you know, playing pretty well. And you saw five, six offensive linemen go in the first round of the draft. So that is a major need at this moment. And, you know, he's still sitting at home as far as I know. And, uh, you know, I think that's one that uh, is kind of waiting, biding his time. Hopefully he gets an opportunity. I think that's one of those guys that really would take hold of a spot if he was given the opportunity um, just for, you know, what I know about him from his time at Marshall. And that is such uh, an important position, obviously, on the O-line, but in a position that seems like everybody at the moment could, you know, use a little help on. You just saw it in this draft, how many offensive linemen uh, went in particular this year. So that is clearly a need going 
around the NFL, and you know, hopefully he gets an opportunity. But uh, you know, and same for Ryan Yurchek. I think it comes down: Does Ryan want to play? Does Yurchek want to play in the NFL? Of course, everybody wants to play, but Yurchek, you know, he could go off and do just as well uh, as you know in the workforce. You know, obviously his dad has uh, quite the, the resume now as the athletic director down in Arkansas. So you know, you, you hope that he kind of finds his spot. Um, in the NFL if he wants to do so. Otherwise, I think Ryan Yerchek will be just fine. But I think kind of for him, it comes down to the question, you know, do you really, really want to play in the NFL? And if he does, you know, boy, watch out, because that guy is the hardest, one of the hardest working kids you and I have probably ever seen on any team before. So, um, but, you know, in general, best of luck to them all. And those, you know, those two in particular are the two that are standing out still saying, hey, give me a shot. Give me one shot. So. C.J. Harvey, our guest from Channel 8, WCHS-TV 8. So um, now that you've uh, usurped Mark Martin as the uh, lead sports analyst for the program from Channel 8, um, how's it feel? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, Paul, it's, it's pretty good. So I know you and I have gotten to uh, know each other pretty well over the past year since I, I started working with Mark. And so it's down at WCHS, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's refreshing to uh, talk to you uh, over the phone and on the radio. <laughs> you mean it's refreshing that I'm not abusing you? Exactly. It's refreshing that you're not trying to pick on me and trying to, you know, bump me out of the way. You, you know, when it comes to drums, you you are quite the uh, the aggressive guy. You're telling me to, you know, you're you're shoving me out of the way to get up to uh, to get some of these guys. So, hey, dog eat dog world, Paul. I, I get it. I understand. Hey, let me let me help you out here in your in your young media career. Here is um, uh, you have a huge camera, and it hurts if you bang it on somebody. So, you know, if you want to get your position, you have to go out and just just bang it. I guess that camera scares the people, though. You know, yeah. you got to be careful. You got you got to be careful with it. But uh, See, I don't I know, Paul. The, you better walk out. I learned the you hard better way. Better walk out now. I learned the hard way one time. Uh, the, yeah, I was um, I was a student over at the the mighty Marshall University, uh, and yeah, I was uh, I was getting sh- footage of the, uh, the 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 Surgeon General in in town here, and of course I was getting banged around by uh, cameramen because they wanted to get their shot. Never again. No, that never. <laughs> that was the day the, the day you put the camera down. That when you it's, realized it's, you didn't want to touch just, the camera. Look. <laughs> You know, you're just gonna have to go out there and crush somebody. You know, <laughs> you're just gonna have to go out there. And you're just gonna have to crush somebody. Plain and simple. Well, thankfully, yeah. thankfully, some of these guys are nice enough to uh, take their time and, and let us ask questions as need be. But I will say, some of those doc scrums, they get it gets pretty dirty down there. You don't, you know, everything above the waist you don't see, but it's the kicking and, and the, you know the low shots that really get you. So yeah, you gotta, it's pretty you gotta vicious. Watch it it's is. pretty vicious, and then you got Keith Morehouse uh, from um, Channel uh, Three just holding everybody's microphone, just just being nice. <laughs> Keith is yeah, Keith has saved us all a couple of times, holding these you know when we're sometimes we find ourselves in the the spot of being by ourselves, and uh, so you know he he tries and helps out obviously, but that's that's one thing that uh, you know you you kind of learn to be in this. It's best it's best to have a friend even if they're called the competition, than it is to have a foe, you know, because one day you're going to be asking for their help. So I, I know I've learned that and uh, in my short time here, but uh, I know that everybody everybody around here covering martial athletics 
is, uh, you know, uh, you, you, if you cover Marshall, it almost seems like you, you're at a standard uh, and you kind of you, you have to hold yourself to a certain standard in terms of uh, working with others, even if they don't necessarily work with you. So, uh, you know, but the, I've enjoyed my time and so far so good. Paul, you're the only one that, uh, you know, I just can't seem to get along with. No, that's not true. That's absolutely <laughs> that's not, not true. true at all. That's not true <laughs> that's at all. That's not true at all. <laughs> that's not true. You take that back right now. I take it back. <laughs> well, you know, let's, who's, whose radio show am I on right now? So let's, exactly. uh, let's be careful. <laughs> exactly <laughs> be here. Be careful with what we say. <laughs> CJ Harvey joining us in WCHS TV8. Uh, we'll have you back on soon, and um, if you uh, – if you're in Huntington on a Monday from now on, we'll just have to come down here to the Union Pub and Grill. We'll do that uh, in person from now on. Sounds like a plan, Paul. Sounds like a plan. Good, good deal. Good talking to you. I uh, hope you enjoyed your yep. first uh, first appearance on the show. And uh, now uh, you can make Mark Martin jealous. <laughs> I know. I have to go back. I have to go back and tell him that you and I had a grand old time. So he'll, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, he'll he'll start reaching out to you for more opportunities now. So and, and so he should. <laughs> and think of it this way, yeah. You um, you've got more appearances in 2008 than I'm sorry, 2018 than Kenny Bass. So you're see you're, you're oh, up on him. Oh wow! Well, Kenny's Kenny's too busy. You know, everybody wants to talk. We got this brand new billboard just in, outside of Charleston. You're driving in on the highway, and uh, everybody keeps saying that it looks like we're a law firm now. Kenny Bass is front and center there. So he's he's pretty busy with uh, you know cracking down on on uh, you know the news side of things. So. He, uh, you know, if you can ever drag him back to a, a martial practice or a martial game, I'm sure he would love to talk about it too. So, good deal. <laughs> no we'll doubt. work on that. Well, do yeah. my best to the folks <laughs> at Channel Eight, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Definitely, always a pleasure, Paul. That's CJ Harvey, Channel Eight, WCHS TV Eight. We're going to take our next break. Come back. Uh, we've got some more sound from the Green White scrimmage on Saturday. We'll get your phone calls in as well. This is the drive coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill here on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. You're listening to the Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. The Monday special, always. $1.50 models, $2 call shots. you got to get down here. It's the Monday special, all the big screens on whatever sports you want to watch, always at the Union Pub. And We're putting a basically a bow, wrapping it up, and being done with the green-white scrimmage. But before we can do that, we've got a few... Pieces of audio we want to get to, some reaction from after the game. And you heard earlier from Doc Holliday. Let's now hear from the new offensive coordinator, Tim Cramsey. Let's get his thoughts on what happened and, of course, uh, the practices in general. Here's Tim Cramsey. Coach, well, uh, first, uh, first spring game down. What uh, thoughts on how things have gone so far? Um, you know, this is a, the culmination of practice that we had and I think our goal going into spring was, was to earn each other's trust as a, a new coaching staff together and a, and a new team offense together and I think that was accomplished number one and number two we wanted to get the mistakes we made in practice one we wanted to fix in practice two all the way through and I think that happened you know obviously you know the foot game of football is never going to be perfect on the offensive side but when we go back and watch the film I think we're going to see some things today that we liked uh, across the board and we've seen that from the spring where we were 15 practice ago is uh, a long way from where we are now how do you 
when you see those good things in the band, how do you kind of get that message across to some of these Thomas, guys? Thomas, like, hey, keep Thomas. doing this, or you know, maybe shift your thinking here. Well, that, that's why I still have a job. So you know, I mean, new <laughs> mistakes happen all the time, um, and and that's our big thing. You know, it'd be a big issue if the mistakes that happened today were the same mistakes that happened practice four, five, and six, which wasn't the case. So every single day, something new is going to come up, but we got to make sure that gets fixed. So right now, the mistakes that were made today got to get fixed in the summertime, and our mentality is not practice one in the fall, our mentality is that's practice 16 together and still continue getting ready for Miami, Ohio. What's going to happen with the quarterbacks in the fall? Uh, it's it's going to be a nice competition. I know uh, everybody's looking forward to what's going to it, happen. It's going to be a great competition, and, and competition in general makes teams better. Quarterback con competitions uh, definitely make teams better. Um, so it's going to be a tough decision for for coach and myself. But when you know, most likely within a week or two in the fall camp, uh, the guy who's going to be the guy is going to be uh, everyone's going to know it by the time we we make that decision. Isaiah's young and it's just a spring game, but he showed some poise out there. Uh, that. Isaiah has a lot of things going for him. Poise is one of them. The game game is easy for him. The game slows down for him. Uh, things just make sense for him, and he looks very poised every time he's out there and has been making really good decisions. Um, he's, he's done a great job, as well as the other two guys that went this spring, of doing exactly what I was just saying as far as, you know, a mistake happens once and it doesn't happen again. And that's, that's what we saw from Isaiah, Garrett, and Jackson this whole spring long. All right, that's the offensive coordinator, Tim Cramsey. His thoughts after the green-white game. And uh, up next, I uh, had a chance to talk so to Chase Hancock. Uh, he, This is his final go-around. Final green-white scrimmage. Everything's going to be a final for him. And uh, caught up with him after the game. Also, uh, C.J. Harvey was uh, hanging out with me as well. So uh, here's our conversation with Chase Hancock after the green-white game. So how did it feel getting this, uh, getting this day over with? I'm not looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm a senior, so this is my last one. Um, but I'm, I am looking forward to this season and uh, you know, what we what we can bring to the table. What do you think you accomplished out here? This phase now is over. Yeah, how do you feel about what you got done? Um, you know, so making some adjustments. You know, getting used to some of the new coaches and. Um, no, so I think that's what we needed, and this kind of helped work out the kinks, and um, I think we're going to be fine. Is this a new offense? You know, they probably haven't laid out everything yet, but what do you think about it? Just, uh, I think, yes, yes, and I, I knew that was going to happen. You know, I predicted that would happen, and I'm glad because, you know, we need to be challenged in every way possible, and um, so I'm really proud of all of us and, you know, how we've responded, and like I say, you know, we've got to work out some kinks, but, you know, that's what the spring is for, you know, Make those adjustments and going into the fall, and we'll be right. We'll be just. We'll be just fine. You talk about being your final spring. It's been a long journey for you, hasn't it? Looking back on it, it's really flown by. But um, you know, in the midst of it all, it seemed like it was, you know, taking forever. It was so slow. But um, you know, I wouldn't change a thing, and um, I'm just blessed to be where I am. Get out of high school, come here, and you really don't know what the future held, did you? No, I had no idea. I was walking on faith, and I came here as a walk-on. Uh, played my two, year and a half, two years, earned a scholarship, and um, you know the rest is just history. You know, I've, I just want to thank my coaches, my my teammates, my mentors, all the fans, everybody. I couldn't have done it without them. You know, to say that I got here by myself would be would be wrong of me. So, you mentioned earlier trying to get adjusted to new coaches. Did you find that? A lot of the new guys and the veterans had a little bit more step, knowing that, all right, uh, we're all back to the same spot now. New coaches, everybody's uh, position pretty much is up for grabs just about. Yeah, and it's like that every year, you know. Um, 
your your position's not set in stone, um, and anybody at any time can take it. And um, so with the new coaches, it wasn't that big of an adjustment, really, which is which is really good. Um, so talk about being this, this you know stout defense this year and. Really, what better obstacle to, to kind of get over again? You guys have done so well to this point to try and go after a new offense and you know, a new group of offensive players each and every day, right? Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, like, we want to challenge each other. Um, you know, continue to, to to be the team that we know that we can be. Um, you know, because potential gets you beat, and if you, you don't reach that potential, then you're doing this all for nothing. So, um, you know, chip on our shoulder. And we just want to improve and get better. Um, you know, last year's over and done with. What can we do to push forward and do better? All right, Chase, after the green-white game. And uh, before we get a break, i got one more I want to get to. Uh, Isaiah Green, uh, he had a, a, a lot to be happy about during the green-white game. Also, of course, throughout the practices leading up to the green-white game. So uh, here's Isaiah Green after his performance on Saturday. So I know you've been waiting for this, this moment. Uh, you look pretty good out there. What are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, I just thought I did everything I was supposed to do. Stayed within my game, stayed within the offense, made all my reads correctly. So I, th- I felt like I just did my job today. Doc says he thinks that you slow, the game slows down for you. Is that the way you're starting to feel it now? Yes, sir. I've been here for about a year now, so I kind of got used to the speed now. I'm more comfortable in what I'm doing and knowing what I'm doing, so it slows the game down for me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the that's the offensive mindset. Period. Uh, get the ball into our playmakers' hand and let them do what they need to do. Hey, second play, second straight week. You all mm-hmm. started quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever you've been out there, what is it about you starting quickly that you've really been able to to turn around from that first scrimmage you all had? Uh, I just just staying in the offense. That's I made my read. He popped open. I hit him. It's that simple. How fun is it to, to deal with these receivers? I mean, there's, there's a lot of talent. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got some playmakers out there. It's, it's, it's nice to know you can just give somebody a five-yard throw and they might turn into 80 at any point, at any moment. How much does that help a quarterback that, that's trying to get his feet into the system and get more meaningful reps, knowing you know you all can put it anywhere and, and Tyree and those guys can go get it? Uh, it? It helps a lot because, like I said, you just give them the ball right now. They experience. They know what to do with it. So they, they take take over from that point. What's your mindset on Fall camp, there's going to be some competition. And yes, sir. You embrace that, right? Yes, sir. I love competition. Competition is good for everybody. Competition is good for everybody. That's Isaiah Green. I think he's going to like the competition come fall. We're going to take our final break, come back, and we'll wrap it up here from the Union Pump and Grill. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Plenty of time for you to come down to the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue, Huntington, because all day and all night, the Monday special, now until forever, will be $1.50 bottle, $2 call shots. Okay, I don't know if it'll be this way forever. So that makes it even more important to come down now on this Monday because... You never know. It could not be this way in the future. I doubt that, but it's still $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots here at the Union Pump and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. Welcome back. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, and it's been a fun show. Wrapping up uh, what happened on Saturday with Marshall. Of course, tomorrow we'll be right back at it from the studio and um, 
looking forward to the week ahead, of course. Now the draft day is over, and we start breaking down what teams are accomplishing, what they hope to do. I'm hoping that there's some positive news for the Cincinnati Bengals, my favorite NFL team. And, of course, we've got a lot of hockey playoff action to still get into. Things are heating up. NBA as well. Cavaliers win, so they're moving on to the second round. We'll have most of those games on Cat Sports 93-3 and 13-40. And we got Pirates baseball coming up tonight, and that's going to start at 6-40 right here. So looking forward to that. So we got a lot to get into the week ahead, so uh, we invite you to come back tomorrow and join us for the show then, and we'll get you set for the rest of your week. But I want to thank the folks here at the Union Pub and Grill, always taking good care of us here. Don't forget, uh, the Union Pub and Grill is basically where you want to come. You want to catch all the sporting events that you like to watch and hang out with people you know? Well, here it is, the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue, in Huntington, where you can watch everything you possibly want to watch. And if, say, you want to watch it tonight, again, the Monday special, best in the Tri-State. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for listening back tomorrow to do it all over again right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. station.